Hello and welcome back to the Rough Trade Edit podcast. You'll notice we are a little later going out with our show this week. On Tuesday, the music industry and many others the world over observed Blackout Tuesday, a day dedicated to pausing our usual business and focusing on amplifying resources, messages and black voices in solidarity with the Black Lives Matter movement and wider fight against racial injustice. Um, At Rough Trade, we are incredibly fortunate to be surrounded by and work with a diverse and vibrant community of people and projects. But that does not mean that there are not failings and there is still an awful lot of progress to be made across our music industry and beyond. I urge you to take some time to read and explore the wealth of incredible resources out there, engage in what is being said by black artists, black creatives, black business owners and organisations. Find ways you can personally take action online and also offline today and every day after it. We all have a responsibility to affect change and that change needs to start now. I will leave a link to a fantastic resource in the show notes that has been widely shared, but please do let us know if there are other and or new resources we should be sharing as the weeks go by. Let us keep this conversation going and sustain action. So coming up in the show this week, I am chatting to Tom, Fran and Joe from Rolling Blackouts Coastal Fever ahead of the release of their highly anticipated second album, Sideways to New Italy. As of today, it has also been crowned Rough Trade Album of the Month for June, only adding, of course, to its essential listening status. The record is out this Friday the 5th on Sub Pop and it is full of their addictive, jangly rock and pop role laced with some bold um, experimentation. Um, I cannot wait for you to get your hands on this one. I bloody love them. Anyone who has listened to this show will, of course, know that I am a big fan. Ahead of that, though, we are going to get into some Rough Trade Edit albums this week. And to kick off, we have Caleb Landry-Jones and his debut album, The Motherstone, out on Sacred Bones. So some of you might know Caleb for his many, many acting roles. He's been in Get Out, Twin Peaks and X-Men, just to name a few. But he is also a musician and songwriter. His debut album offering a sprawling psychedelic suite built from abrupt and disorientating detours. Caleb also did an awesome Rough Trade transmission for us, which is available to watch now over on our Instagram TV channel. This record is my personal hot tip for the last week. It's like some sort of fantastical, non-linear fairground ride in my brain. Um, We also have a Rough Trade uh, exclusive version of this on Pink Vinyl. There's only 300 copies, so you'll need to be pretty swift if you want one of those. And this is my favourite track. Do check out All I Am In You slash The Big Worm. It takes a light wreck Drags across the room Just like a fruit worm Another's in the room I've got the gift and You've given me the broom You've given life and Christine and the Queens is up next with new EP La Vita Nuva The title translates as prospect for a new life and draws strength from extreme vulnerability, which is very typical of a lot of Chris's work. Um, There's six tracks on this record and the title track features a collaboration with Caroline Polachek, 
So more brilliant, thought-provoking electronic pop from an artist who only adds to her fan base every time she creates a new project. We are only sad this time that there wasn't more of it, but here's a taster of track one. This is People I've Been Sad. Next up, and we have the multi-talented music maker and producer Namdi, who releases new album Brat. So Brat is part hip-hop, part indie rock, part gospel and part West African music. You cannot put this record into a genre box. It so brilliantly weaves together so seamlessly as a whole piece. If you listen from top to bottom, you will totally see what I mean. It's a brilliant, brilliant record and please do check out this track which I'm going to play a little snippet of now. This is Price Went Up. No, I'm taking it and I'm gone. Ain't got time to waste. Ain't no hold up, sway. Eat it all. And last but no means least this week, we have the debut album from White Tail Falls, aka Irwin Sparks. So apparently, Irwin was inspired by Josh T. Pearson's album, Last of the Country Gentlemen, to turn toward a more tender sound. Thus, White Tail Falls was born. You can hear the Bonnevere, Fleet Foxes, Sun Kill Moon and also Sufjan Stevens' influences in there. Um, the songs on The Age of Entitlement are very fragile, they're compassionate and they are super, super beautiful and a really great soother for these unstable days. Check out this track from the record, This Is Other Kind of Guy. So there we have our edit picks for this week. There is loads more to look forward to arriving this Friday, of course, including the sophomore release from Australia's Rolling Blackouts Coastal Fever. Um, I have personally been waiting for this one since the close of 2018 when we celebrated their debut as part of our Rough Trade Albums of the Year. Um, the follow-up does not disappoint and I was very delighted to speak to Joe, Fran and Tom from the band ahead of this release and spoke to them about navigating lockdown and also being apart from each other. So enjoy this one. I will catch you very, very soon. And thank you as ever for listening. So Rolling Blackouts Coastal Fever, welcome to the Rough Trade Edit podcast. 
Hello. 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 <laughs> How's it going over in Australia? Obviously, the world is kind of not really as it normally would be. Um, everybody's experiencing kind of different levels of disruption. Mm. How it's affecting you guys personally? How you're kind of staying kind of positive, staying creative? Um, well, I mean, yeah, putting the album out is keeping us occupied at the moment, so that's good. I mean, yeah, um, yeah, haven't been, haven't hit boredom, so that's good. Yeah, I'm staying staying positive. It's and they being able to spend a bit more time getting creative, getting weird with uh, making music at home. That's that's working out. And I think I've st- stopped thinking about where we were supposed to be now yeah. and just now I've realised that that's not, not a not a healthy idea to think about where we, you know, we sh- we're supposed to be in Madrid or something. It's, uh, right, right, like right now. I think my, my, some, yeah, something like that. Um, it's okay. Yeah, it was our first, we were meant to be on a plane right for our Euro tour. Yeah, so stop thinking about that, which is... Um, now I'm just thinking about you know getting home and making dinner. That's that's all there is to uh yeah, is to think about now. Yeah. Groundhog Day. <laughs> yeah, and releasing a record. That's that that's nice. Yeah, cool yeah. So your new record is called Sideways to New Italy, and it is out on June fifth on Sub Pop. And obviously, we're big fans at Rough Trade. We've been fans since day one. We're really really excited. It's also going to be our album of the month for June. Which is pretty cool. Yeah. So congrats. Great news. <laughs> Thank you. Thanks a lot. Um, I think I last spoke to you guys towards the end of 2018. I think it was just ahead of your Coco gig in London. Yeah. Which is awesome. Yeah. And I think that was, I can't remember if it was coming to the end of like a mega tour that you guys have been doing, or whether it was midway through. I, I think it was in November, October, November time. But I yeah, think- it was. Was yeah, but I think I asked you then, probably a bit prematurely, whether you had plans for a second album already or what the status of that was. And I think that you told me that you had already written some songs. So I wondered whether those songs exist on the album that is coming or whether it was a bit of a longer process and things have changed up. Like what's the kind of writing process been for this record? Mm. Yeah, well... If we did have songs then, they would have completely changed, completely changed. Um, it's funny, you're sort of like so confident in whatever you're writing at that stage. So we would have been, oh, yeah, we've got plenty of songs. And then like a few months later, you're like, oh, <laughs> there's a shit. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, but, yeah, I think we like properly started writing it like once we got back from that tour. Um I think we probably had the rudiments of like knots and eyed and maybe second to the first before that. Mm. Um, and I think cameo as well has been around a while. Oh, true. Yeah. Yeah. Cameo actually was a song we uh, had the chords to for when we recorded Hope Downs, but it, um, it was a completely different song. We just sort of accidentally came upon that, the middle song and then it took to a completely other song. Um, but yeah. So we might have had some ideas back then, but like, yeah, the the bulk of the writing happened from like twenty November twenty eighteen to when we recorded in November twenty nineteen, and all the songs I went through a really long 
um, drawn out process of, of um, graduation mm. because we f- focused on this album just letting the chemistry write the songs, like just rely- leaning on all five of us to um, take the songs in other directions and like not like song in too early and allow allow us to like rewrite it and revise it and um and I think in this album more than any time in the past that like, we were like more surgical with like going that initial chorus is um good but I think I've got a better idea for it and generally in the past that was a really hard thing to do and it, it is a hard thing to do to like like change um a song I think from when you first start an idea, somehow it's like the DNA of that song is like all happens like right in the in that hour or two or three when you're first working on it. There's like all these rules to the idea in your head or like you have like a, a rough picture of what the puzzle is going to turn out like. Um, and then when you leave it for a while, it's hard to sort of come back to it and, and put anything on to it that's actually going to work. But um we gave it a go on this one and and um it was uh yeah as but but for that reason it took us a long time Mm. and all three of you are songwriters but i wonder do you write songs together or do you write your own individual songs so that the album is made up of songs that were written by each of you how does that sort of work uh it depends on the song really but generally it's a, a the the earliest kernel of the of an idea for a song comes from one person um and then for the, especially for this record we brought it into the into the rehearsal room and tried to get the the five of us as Fran said that chemistry to try to get that to sort of um discover what the song is and try and you know get the, sort of that I guess that improvisation that happens that's that's exciting and fun um trying to bring that into this into the songs there's that approach which has worked for us in the past, you know, with some, some of our favourite songs work like that. But then I guess that, you know, there's a few others where it's like it's it's hard to change a song like Cool Change where it's kind of um, the verses are the verses and the chorus is the chorus and you wouldn't want to mess with that. It just sort of works. It's on the song entirely really. But for this record, I think, yeah, we tried to not write them completely until they got, until we, you know, we're all together. Mm. Would you say that looking back at your early EPs and particularly like the French press, has your music or the way that you construct it really evolved since then? Or do you think it's, you kind of have the same approach and you just kind of change up the music as and when you feel, depending on what we're about? <laughs> uh, I, think, I think it's changed just by the, but it's um, because we we try to be a bit more ambitious. We like consciously tried to be a bit more ambitious this time, mm. um, and we tried to not write, I guess, within the, you know those strict pop structures. But what what ha- what hasn't changed is the um, that kind of get you go in and you th- you thrash it out and you record it on your phone or whatever and go away and listen and that and then you ex- sort of use that to. That, can, that tells us like the what's the best part, what's the part we want to extract, and then like kind of uh, boil down into a, a pop song. That's that, that's that approach still exists for sure. That, that's the fun, the fun part of 
of making music for us. Mm. Mm. I yeah. think, I think uh, yeah. our, our um, process of collaboration hasn't changed. We've, we've always all thrown ideas, um, thrown all our ideas into the wall and, like, and, and seen, what, seen what worked. Um, you know, if someone would come in with an idea, and I think that's, yeah, we've always kind of packed the songs with, with ideas and, and, and let and gone with kind of whatever served the song. And I think it's taken, taken the songs in directions that, you know, that maybe if you came in with an original idea, it might go in a completely different direction. And I think that's what keeps it interesting for us as well, like that kind of spirit of collaboration. Yeah. So in that sense, how do you know when it's finished? I guess you could always continue and like change it up. Yeah. yeah. Do you just have it's to... It's like a work of art. You know, you've got to, you've got to walk yeah. away from the band eventually, like they say, when's the work of art finished? <laughs> sometimes, <laughs> you can, sometimes you can, you know, run into the ground if you keep uh, keep at it. I don't know. <laughs> we, we just kind of you have to step away at some point. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. I feel like it, it feels like it's known, like once we finally catch it, like... It's like you, we we work on something until we get we all get sort of like a sense of what the overall song will look like or feel like or like a vision in your head about what the song should be and then um, it's, it can be a fast or it can be a slow process of like um, finding all the composite puzzle pieces to to make that to try and you know realize that. Um, but yeah, I feel like once we I think we feel like we know when it's. When the structure's yeah. right anyway, it's, anyway it's a, when it works as a song. <laughs> there's a sense of, a excite, of excitement as well, especially after it's, if it's taken ages, um, it's a sense of excitement to know that, oh, we've finally got it. And then, you, you know, there's something about the collective knowing and that excitement that, that um, I don't know, it, it, it clicks and then you, then it's it. Then you go yeah. and record it, I guess, yeah. Yeah, the eureka moment. Yeah. Mm. Mm. Um, so the record explores kind of themes, certainly of, of home, I think. And I wondered if you could tell us a bit about the title of the record, Sideways to New Italy, because I believe it's actually a place in Australia um, and how that kind of all came about. And did you title it first and then work off that or did the title come while you were writing the yeah. Actually, yeah, but like we just had like a message thread on Facebook called New Italy, which was just sort of like the, just the initial chat that we had for the new songs. Um, and it was, yeah, like New Italy, it's, there's just like, it used to be a town and now it's like a little museum slash petrol station in northern New South Wales, which is like sort of like a funny little place um, in that it was like, settled by Venetian immigrants in the late 1800s who had been, like, rescued from the Pacific Ocean. And it's weird in that it's, like, in, in the Australian bush, um, just sort of pops up out of nowhere and it was, like, this little Italian enclave. And um, just the idea of, like, like these little Roman statues and this, um, like, little church that was built um, in, like, the Venetian style in the late 1800s, which is uh, just pops up out in, in the middle of nowhere, it was, like, a... A funny sort of concept and and I guess and I don't <laughs> I don't know whether this was like what was driving it at the start but I th feel like it sort of was like subliminally like just this idea of like carving something like your own your own little spot or your own sense of uh, home or identity or something like that 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 was sort of like the overarching 
um, sort of feels like the overarching uh, theme of this album. Um, and yeah, because there was a, that year when we were touring, when we saw you, Emily, and Coco, mm-hmm. was um, a really busy, busy year and, and a totally different year for any of us. Like we'd toured before, but not like it, that was like the majority of the year. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was a pretty weird thing to sort of get used to. And um, when you travel a lot, as people know, like it, you have different thoughts about home. You have a different perspective on home. And, um, yeah, I think a lot of this album was sort of like trying to claim some sort of sense of um, certainty or certainty, I guess, yeah, um, in the midst of just a bit of upheaval. Uh, yeah. But, yeah, that overall feel, I guess. Yeah. Do you think writing this record has kind of better prepared you for maybe doing that again, like going out and touring for that period? Do you think you'll look yeah. at it? Yeah, I do. Because, like, for me, I feel like this album is, like, a real um, sort of, like, statement of what our band is about and what it's sort of like the spirit of our band. Um, and, like, we've, had it, we've got our friends on the album in the first song. Um, we've got an old song that we've sort of, like, reinvented um cool change um was an old song that we played in an old band of ours called world of sport like 10 years ago um yeah it's sort of a i don't know i feel like a sense of pride with this album um like it's sort of like a yeah i think it carries our spirit a lot Mm. yeah it's sort of something to carry carry around with us that feels a bit like a uh a little memento of home or something that we can take out on the road and, and, you know, feel like it's there with us in our pocket all, all the way around or something. Yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah. Somehow it feels like that. I, don't, I haven't tried it yet though. <laughs> <laughs> I guess that's kind of the, the tough thing about committing to a career in music that you have these amazing experiences and can tour all over the world. And, but it is a big commitment and you are away for a long time. So I guess it's like juggling that, in a sense, and like how, yeah. how do you kind of cope with it? It's a big juggle yeah. and, and nobody really knows. When, when you do come home, it's hard to talk about the whole thing or like, you know, no one understands, not, mm. not that they should or not that they need to, but um, you sort of, you could start talking about it, but it's actually not that interesting, you know, but yeah. it's, it's a huge thing that you've done and people are like, oh, yeah, and then you went, and then you went to Amsterdam and then you went to Brussels and then you went to, you're like, yeah, whatever. All right. It's like I talk about a dream a bit. Like you can say the facts, but it doesn't really carry across the feeling of a dream and um, and people's eyes glaze over eventually. Yeah. Because <laughs> <laughs> you have, well, I'm sure you have fans all over the world now and I know you're particularly welcomed in the UK, like you've got a big, a really great fan base there particularly in, you know, whenever I've seen you guys play London and I know you've played, you know, Rough Trade and there's a real appetite there, but is there anywhere you've ever played where you've been really surprised by like the response because you were just not expecting it or you thought that maybe people wouldn't know your music so well? Mm, I think um, I was, oh, sorry, did you say no? Yeah. You go. I was going to say, yeah, a lot of places... I've I've found found that um, particularly places have come for the first time. Well, I mean, one of the most surprising. Which I don't think people did know us here, but um, Singapore on the laneway tour, like 
I'm sure we were we were still we were not known before we played, but um, it was one of the most kind of surreal play to you know this big festival audience in about um, you know 40 degree weather, 100% humidity. It was like it was like it was raining on the stage, and and these this really diverse kind of crowd of young people and families and you know, all sorts of people from kind of all over the world were like welcomed us and and we had uh, i remember it being like a really enthusiastic like um reaction and then afterwards we did i'm pretty sure this is the only one of this we've ever done like it was like a meet and greet thing and all of these all of these young kids from a lot of countries all over asia they came and like took pictures with us and were so stoked to see it i think they assumed we were famous you know like in <laughs> which they were mistaken. It must be pretty surreal in a way, which is bizarre, but fun. I guess the rest of the year is, for, as for everybody, it's just like crazy unknown. Nobody knows really what's going to happen, but I imagine you're looking at hopefully touring these songs and I guess next year would be the earliest point to that now, certainly for Europe, I'd imagine. Yeah, I guess yeah. so. Yeah. don't know what might happen in Australia. Um I don't know, like, yeah, but it seems like international travel is, is off for a while, but um, but that's okay. Like, <laughs> it's not ideal, but here we are. Um, so we're going to um, start writing again soon. And, um, yeah, I mean, that's a, that's, gonna, that's a fun thing in that, like, with no, like, immediate prospect of putting anything out, um, that's going to be a nice thing to write for, for the sake of it. Yeah. So th- that's at least exciting. Yeah. yeah. Do you, would you normally write like while you're touring, or is the two minutes? Uh, a little, we do a little bit, sort of fragments, but like for the most part, we need to like be in the same room. Mm. Yeah. So I think like, some of the the ideas that that I had on tour, you think you've clocked, you know, you clocked something. You think you might have like actually discovered something, and then sort of when you get home, you realise that that wasn't actually a very good idea. So yeah, you. You might be writing on tour, but I don't, I don't know if any, any of it really sticks. I think um, there's some, some bits and pieces do. Um, just I find for us the only bits that really stick are like um, sound check jams because it's some of the only times oh, yeah. we play together. Like I remember, I remember um, vividly like um, Cars in Space, the, the uh, verse or like the basis for that song yeah. kind of um, took shape. Liverpool, this that enormous yeah. venue in Liverpool. Um, what was it called? Invisible Wind. Yeah, it's a, a bizarre, it's a bizarre venue, but really, but cool. It's a huge, huge futuristic-looking warehouse. But I remember we we played that on stage there, and we always try, we always document those things when you think you've got something, like oh, better better turn the uh, phone on because hmm. yeah, we've got got something exciting here, and I, I remember that coming from that, and that happened yeah. sometime. Yeah. Lyrics, lyrics are good too. Like, um, just like putting it down in in notes, like, and you just sort of cultivate, and then you've got all these sort of fragments of ideas that you sort of pull together. Um, they're, they're, that's a good thing to do because you're seeing a lot more. You're yeah, getting a fresh look at a lot of things on tour that you don't have when you're just, uh, you know, housebound. Yeah, for sure. Well, I hope you know, the rest of this year is as positive as it can be given the circumstances for you guys and that if you get right in that it's all really fruitful and hopefully we'll see you next year on tour. 
Um, but congrats on the record. It's brilliant. Um, I hope everybody loves it as much as I do. Thank you so much for doing our rough trade transmission, by the way. I was saying to you before I had all the tech problems and before we sat down and chatted <laughs> that um, the question of who let the dogs out and the four-minute answer was top. So if anybody is curious about that, check it out. <laughs> Tom's thing cut out, so but apparently he had more to offer. <laughs> I, I was only just getting started. That could have been a lot longer that answer. I was, um, yeah, I was gearing up on a very philosophical debate, but oh. about halfway through, I was took up the slack. <laughs> That's a whole other podcast. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Thank you so much. Um, could you pick a track from the record that we can play a little bit of to play you guys out? Cars uh, in space. Yeah, good choice. Guys, thank you so much and we'll see you next year. Reviews and subscriptions help to support what we do, so if you like what you hear, then please rate us on iTunes.